Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. The title of my sermon is t- today is When and Then or Now with God. When and then or now with God. When and then or now with God. I'm going to explain my lack of grammar to you so you understand what I'm talking about. When and then or now with God. Have you ever asked, have you ever been in that place where you're like, you know, once I'm here, then I'll be happy. Once I get that phone, then I'll be happy. Once I get to that position, then I'm I'll be happy. Once I'm finished with my studies and I get into that job that I want, then I'll be happy. Once I take that increment, then, that increase in my increment, then I'll be happy. Once I sell this or once I do that or once I'm there, then I'll be happy. Have you ever said that? Have you ever said that? You know, there's a problem with the destination. I've found, and you may have found this as well, that you get to that destination, but that destination doesn't bring you joy. This is what drives the markets, actually. A lot of the economies of the world are driven by this desire that we have as human beings to get to that thing, to get that thing. And people like maybe device makers, I'm not going to name any, but they, keep our, they, they could make one that lasts us the rest of their li- our lives. It, it wouldn't be that hard for a device maker to make one that lasts you the rest of your life, but they know something. There's a lot of money in your dissatisfaction with the now. Who knows, you've got that new phone and you've been, you've been waiting for that new phone like you waited a few models to go by so that you could, you know, you could be like, I'm just going to wait for the next one to come out. And then the next one comes out, I'll get that straight away so that I can have some, some time before the next one comes out and enjoy that kind of just bask in the glory of having that new device. You know what I'm talking about. We all do it. But who knows, you get that new device and it wears off within a week, two. Someone pulls out some other brand. It's got a better camera looks better, it's got some new feature, yours hasn't got it. And this thing is no longer bringing you joy anymore. But you know, across our lives, whether it be our career, whether it be our families, whether it be our position in life, we as humans are always trying to go somewhere. We're always trying to get somewhere. We're trying to get something. And in the hope that that something or that somewhere or that place would bring us joy. But who knows? You get to those destinations And they last maybe a little while, but then you realize, oh, hold on, I'm still here. I've brought myself along. I've still got some issues. I've still got some stuff I'm working out. I've still got some problems in my life. I thought it would be different here, but it's not. The question I have for you is how do we stay in joy? How do we stay in joy when we're always trying to get to that next place. When our lives are in that 
motion of, okay, when I get there, then. I'll answer the question for you. See, it's a matter of purpose. It's a matter of purpose. Your joy is linked to your purpose. I'll explain what I'm talking about. You see, when your purpose is for the there, you're going to get there and realize that there ain't that great, and so your purpose will be rocky. And when, we, when our purpose, the whole reason for our life, the whole reason for our drive, the whole reason for what we're trying to get, when our purpose is linked to what we're trying to get or the place where we're trying to go, you're going to be, your emotions are going to be like this. Up and down, up and down. You, 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 you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. Because your purpose is linked to your destination. If your purpose is the destination, you will not find lasting joy. You won't. Because you'll get to the destination and then you'll realize, I want more. I want more more. And there is a rush of the ambition. There's nothing wrong with ambition, but there is something satisfying in the ambition. There is something satisfying in getting that thing, but it's never enough. It's never enough. What God wants for us is for us to be in a place of joy, a place of hope. You see, when you see that God is present in the process, you'll see that the process is actually the purpose. When you're living life saying, when I get, or when and then, when and then, when I get this, then, that will be your purpose. But when you're with God, it's, it becomes now, this process I'm in right now, this position I found myself in right now, this place that I'm in right now, God is present with me. When you begin to realize that our life as believers, as followers of Christ, is actually meant to be lived out as now with God. Where I am right now, God has got me here for a purpose. You will begin to realize that the process is the prize and the work is the reward. The process that God puts us through, that God takes us through, is the prize and the work is the reward. Have you ever wondered why our lives are a journey of ongoing processes? The mistake that we make is that we make the destination the prize. The destination is not the prize. When you talk about people like... Abraham and in, in, in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews talks about Abraham many, many years on and he talks about Abram being a man of great faith and he talks about how, how Abraham had, had a calling, he had a destination but he died before he got it and, and when I look at that scripture, I go, man, uh, that's a bit like, what's the point? He had this great dream. He had this great destination. He had this great calling. I mean, it was amazing. But you know what? He never saw it with his own eyes. And you go, what was the point of that? See, the, the destination wasn't 
Abram's prize, Abraham's prize. The place that God would call him to wasn't the prize. The prize was what God did in him during that journey. I want you to know God is doing something in you right now. That's the prize. That's God himself in you, changing you, shaping you, molding you, bringing things to the surface that need to come to the surface in order for him to deal with them. And it ain't pretty all the time. It ain't easy all the time. It's hard. But I'm telling you something. When you begin to realize this, that there's joy in the process, there's joy in the now that God is with you right here. Whether or not you get to that destination doesn't matter anymore. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have ambition. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be aiming for something if God is calling us to something. I'm not saying that. But don't make that thing your purpose. Make your purpose what God is doing in you right now. The process is the prize and the work is the reward. Let's see how this works out in the Bible. In Isaiah 48 verse 10, we begin to see this repeatedly. Repeatedly through the Bible, we see this, this theme of, of, um, of God being like a, uh, a person who refines gold or refines precious metals. This is repeated. Uh, anyone, if you've ever seen a video or if you've ever seen a gold ring or a bar of gold or whatever, we all know that that didn't look like that when it came out of the ground, did it? It didn't look that beautiful when it came out of the ground. What it, what it actually was was a, a kind of a rock. And it was in that rock, there was all sorts of other minerals and stuff. And how did, how, did that, how did that miner get that rock to be something that someone would want to buy? Well, he put it through a fire. He, 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 he refined it. He put it through a process. And... Um, the Bible talks about how with us, God is like that refiner. Let me read this to you. See, verse 10. See, I have refined you. Though not as silvers, silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Because, I mean, we look at that and we go, no, I, well, I don't want that. I, I, don't, want to be, I don't want to be tested I mean, the furnace of, like, affliction. Affliction, I've removed that word from my dictionary, man. Affliction, I hate that word. Anybody with, you, with me on that? I don't like the word affliction. Anybody want to be afflicted right now? Put your hands up. I will pray a prayer of affliction over you. I'm just going to close the meeting with a prayer of affliction over everyone. Uh, you guys will run. You'll be like, well, something's wrong with Ryan. He's become all depressing and negative and it's not positive And, you know, I don't know what... But listen to me, it is positive. It is positive. Because the stuff that's in you, the impurities, the stuff that's in you, only comes out in the crucible. It only comes out in affliction. So when God starts to, when, listen to me, you can, you can begin to thank God if you're going through hard times. 
You can begin to thank God when you're going through difficulties. You can begin to thank God when that boss is starting to do things that you wish they weren't doing and you just want to tell them to go jump off the cliff and you know, you, when, when, that, when that thing isn't happening that you want to, you want to happen and it's just not happening or, or when that person is treating you the way they're treating you and they just don't stop treating you like that. You can be thankful for in your marriage when your marriage is hard and difficult and your kids are going crazy and, you, and, and it's just all going wrong. You can be thankful to God because you have been put in to the place where you're meant to be. Affliction. You see, the mistake, and this is where I think the enemy, the devil, there is a devil and he does want to rob and kill and destroy you of what God has for you. What he'll come and whisper into your ear in those moments when there is affliction, he'll say, when this is over, then you'll be happy. Sounds a lot like what the serpent said to Eve in the Garden of Eden. When you eat of that fruit, then you'll know more. We're not meant to worry about the then. We're meant to know what God is doing in us in the now. And it's when we begin to realize that God is pushing forth something in us, pushing out some stuff that needs to come out, we begin to realize our purpose. Our purpose is to be refined. Our purpose is is to be redeemed. Our purpose is to be made whole and like Christ. But that is only going to happen in the crucible. That is only going to happen in the refining fire. Zechariah verse 13, chapter 13, verse 9. Listen to this. This is how God works. This is how God works. This is what God was doing with His people, with the Israelites. And it gives us a hint about how God works with us. This third I will put into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold, they will, they, will, they will call on my name and I will, I will say they are my people and they will say, the Lord is our God. It's not when and then. It's not when this is over, then I'll be happy. It's not when this is over, then I'll have joy. It's not when this is over and when I've gotten there, then. It's not. It's in the pain, it's in the process, it's in the affliction. As we reach out and call on the name of God, there He is. It's now with God. It's now with God. There's so much scripture on this, it's like, it's uncanny. I could just, I could read probably scripture after scripture on scripture and scripture on this subject. But we don't hear it preached about much. We don't hear it talked about much because it's not like we want... I mean, see, see, a much better sermon for me to preach was, would be something like, you have a destination and God's going to get you there. Don't you worry about it. Now, that might be true. That might be true. But the destination ain't the prize. For me, my prize is a, is a successful ministry. Like I'm talking about in the natural, okay? It shouldn't be. But I naturally click into this. You know, when I can 
say to some people, we're doing this and this is happening and we've done that and, you know, we've got this many people in our church and, you know, we're, we're going to the nations, we've just launched another church and we're doing some work in Brazil or we're doing something over there. And I mean, I want to be able to say all those things. <clears throat> but you know what I've learned of the very little that I've learned so far? is that when those things begin to happen, I'm still the same. I remember God taking me through this as a young youth pastor many years ago. Um, I, I really wanted my youth group, when I started it out, it was like 20 people, whatever, 10 people. I wanted it to be 50. I so wanted that youth group to be 50 kids. I used to like... I used to check if anybody else, like when the time was coming for the meeting to start, I'd quickly just walk outside into the car park, have a look around, see if anybody else is coming. And I'd be like, Jesus, please bring some more people, you know. And there was this sadness in me that, you know, when those people weren't coming. And it wasn't because they were lost and going to hell. There was nothing to do with that. I needed those people to be there for me. For me. For my acceptance. For my own destination. But you know, over time, the youth group grew. And I remember standing up on stage one night. We used to do it on Friday night down in Perth in Australia. and Standing up on stage one night and seeing 50 kids there. And thinking, I thought I would have been happy. It meant so much to me. I thought when I was here, and the most, it was the most depressing feeling to suddenly realize that my whole purpose that I had been living for didn't make me happy. And I think that's the problem with our world. That's why we have the world where we live and see even those at the top of their fields committing suicide, doing crazy things, drinking themselves into a mess, or you know, taking all sorts of things even if there's billions of dollars in their bank account, even if they're at the top of their field, in the top of their popularity. I think this is the reason, because they thought that once they get there, that they would be happy, and they realize they're not, and there's nothing more empty than the feeling that you have been living for something so far, and it doesn't bring you what you thought it would. Because we are not built for that. We are built for God to refine us, to process us. This time that we have in this world right now is a time of God's process. And you know what happens? We look at the success of others. We look at the things that others have done. We look at the accolades that they may get. And, but God warns us about this. He's like, no, 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 don't covet. Don't be jealous. Don't. And, and, we, and we, we, oh, I must try. I must try not to covet. I must try not to be jealous because then I'm a, I'll be a good person. That's not why God tells you these things. He's trying to save you from something. He's trying to help you stay in the present in what He's doing in your life right now. The prize is in the process. The prize is in the process. He's refining you. Listen, if it's difficult for you right now, this is the time to praise God. This is the time to sing out loud and say, My God is the King of kings, Lord of lords. I serve Him and Him alone. He is my source of joy. And He's got me on a, perth, a, a path right now of purpose because He's refining me. Who believes that? Can I get a witness in the house? Okay, let's go to our last scripture. 
Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 to 26. I'm going to kind of unpack this a little bit for you. This is Paul, the apostle, writing to the people of Philippi. He's writing this letter from jail. He's writing this letter in chain. Um, and <laughs> it's just crazy how much of the New Testament was written out of affliction, out of a place of affliction, out of a place of hardship. Paul says this, he says, For, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For, me, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let me get to the very center of this problem. When we live when and then, I'm going to say this in love. I want to ask you something. Who's really at the center of your purpose? Listen to the words. When I get dot, 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 then I will be dot, dot, dot. What's at the center of our whens and thens? I. Me. The reason why the when and then way of living will never bring you joy is because we were never meant to be the center of our own universe. We were, that, that's, that's not our purpose. It's not our purpose. And this is at the very core of, I think, of, of the trouble of society. We see a society that is just completely me-centric. It's about getting what you want. And I think it's just getting more and more where we're, where, 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 wherever, across whatever kind of sphere and sector of a society, it's about getting what you want. But depression's rising, suicide's rising. I don't mean to paint a bad picture, but I, I think a big part of the problem is the fact that people are just living with themselves at the center. We were never meant to live as ourselves, with ourselves at the center of our universe. That is a completely unsatisfactory way to live. See, Paul is writing in jail, he's in a position of affliction and he's saying to live is Christ and it's so bad to die would actually be gain right now for me. That's what he's saying. You see, the center of, Christ, uh, of Paul's life was Christ. The center, it wasn't. When I get out, he, he, he didn't say when I get out of jail, when I get these chains unlocked, and come over to you Philippians, then I'm going to be happy. Then I'm really depressed right now because it's really hard. Pray for me, pastor. It's hard for me right now. Just pray. No, no, no. He's not saying that. He's like, right now in this place, it's hard. But the center of it all is Christ. So his, his center is not himself anymore. His center is not his desires. His center is not what he wants. His center is one person and it's Jesus. And then he says this, he says, if I am to go living, go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I, I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ. Ever said that? I had enough of this, just take me home, Jesus. Ever said that? Paul was in jail saying, I'm, I, I'm torn between the two. Which is better by far, he says, but it is more necessary. Listen to these words. It is more necessary 
for, it is more necessary for, I'm going to get you to say that because we need to say it. It is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. It wasn't when and then. When I get there, I'm going to be happy. There's nothing like that. He's like, right now, even though I want to go home, even though I'm chained in chains, I'm writing this letter to you in tears, even though it's difficult, even though I'm afflicted, even though I wish it wasn't like this, it is necessary for me because my life is Christ and He is the center for me right now, for your purposes that I remain here and write this letter to you. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ will abound on account of me. You know what? With Paul, where he's just talking about joy, he's talking about hope, he's talking about God. But most of the times where he wrote about these things, he was right in the center of affliction. You know, his secret was not when and then. His secret was now with God. Now with God. Now with God. Because God is the prize. And it's in the process that I find this prize, this Christ, who who rejuvenates my soul, who makes me rise up on the wings of eagles, who makes me feel like I've got enough to keep moving forward. It's not about me anymore, but it's about Him. You know what? The, The life of a believer is meant to be one where we don't follow what we want anymore. We just follow Him. And in that process, there does come difficulty. In that process, there does come affliction. In that process, there does come moments where you know that if you were to just take a shortcut, that maybe you could get out of this. And some of us, maybe we take, we try to take those shortcuts and we, we end up realizing there aren't any shortcuts in life. And, and we get back into these positions where we wish that it was different. And if we could only just get to that place and, and we, all our minds, our thinking, everything's, okay, I've just got to move forward. I've just got to get ahead we've just got to okay what's the next thing I need to do what's the next thing that we have to do and and our relationships go on over this side and our and our and our kids go over this side and our stuff goes over this side because we and, and until I just get here until I just get to that place and you know what happens when we live like that our lives just get more and more separate until you get to that destination and you realize hold on there's no one here with me I'm all alone. And you're like, how did I get here? I thought I was doing this for everyone. I thought I was, I thought I was doing this for the better, betterment of my family. I thought I was, and, and you realize that, no, I was just doing this for myself. I was just doing this for me. I was trying to prove it. I was trying to, you know, you can trust God for your future. And when I say trust, I mean trust. When I say trust, I mean, even if it doesn't work out the way you thought it would, I mean trust. Even if the thing that you've been living for doesn't happen, that's trust. When you can come to that place with God and give it over and just say, you know what, Lord, your will, I don't always understand. You can understand one thing, that the process that He takes you through 
that crucible, that fire, that affliction is going to bring about something in you that you never thought you could ever be. In the crucible, you'll learn about forgiveness. In the crucible, you'll learn about deleting the past and moving forward in Christ. In the crucible, you'll learn about the things that you need to overcome in yourself. In the crucible, you'll see your own sin. You'll see it, and it'll be yucky. You won't like it. You'll see it, and you'll go, I didn't realize uh, the sin in me went so far. It's in the crucible. It's in those moments where we mess up, where we act out, and then we come back to Christ. And here's the... Here's the final, just the final thing I want to leave you with. You see, this is another part where the enemy comes in, the devil comes in at the end, and, he's, and, he's, and he says, see, you, you, in the crucible, you, you messed up. You know, you were, you were tempted at that point in time, and you messed up, and therefore, you're not worthy of the love of Christ. You're not worthy of peace. You're not worthy of hope. You're not worthy of joy. That's what the enemy wants to come in and say. And he tries to disrupt the process and uh, bring an bring a enmity between you and God, which was done on the cross. There is no enmity between us and Christ. We can just come back to Him. I'm preparing you people for the affliction. Because in the affliction... In the hard times, in the difficult moments, these are the moments where you will doubt God. These are the moments where you will act out. These are the moments where you may choose something other than God. But it's that moment where that thing rises to the surface. Have you ever seen gold being smelted? It's like this, like there's only a certain, there's a certain temperature where it goes white hot. It actually turns like a white color. And it's only there that that the, the founder or the, the foundry person, the person, the refiner, there'll, there'll be some stuff that rises to the surface, you'll scoop it off. God's going to take you through to that place where that affliction is hard and difficult and it brings to the surface things that need to come to the surface so He can deal with it. And how does He deal with it? With the cross, with the gospel. It's those moments where, that's why we do communion every Sunday. Why do we do that as a rhythm? We do it because it's part of God's refining fire. Where we come to Him and go, okay, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Jesus paid for my sins. This is His blood, which is what the wine is, that cup is. And this is His body, which is what the bread is. It's broken on my behalf. And as I accept that, accept Him, accept His life as my ransom, Accept His payment as mine to the Lord, to God. I can begin to move forward with Him and know that my purpose is in Him and Him alone. It's in Him and Him alone. It's not in the destination. It's not in the place we're going. He's right now. It's right now. 
Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.